Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features on the site for free, so you can enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com as we launch into the program here. Lots to talk about. In fact, we had a couple of things that we had to hold over from last night because the phones got too busy toward the end of the show. We just weren't able to fit everything in. On the way, I still want to talk about the six things you can do to become a millionaire. That seems like pretty valuable information. It, it, it looks pretty good to me, too. I, I like a little self-help stuff. Not that I know. I'm no millionaire. <laughs> on this show. Well, I'm on my way. How about you? I, I'm working it, at it. It takes time. you got to get there. You know, and, and it's a difference between having money um, in the bank versus net assets, you know, houses and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, but first, I promised, first thing tonight, we'd talk about Lauren Canario. Our friend Lauren was arrested, I think, about 17 days ago at this point mm. uh, for driving without a permit. She didn't have long time the, to be in the pokey. She didn't have the government papers that the government demands that you have if you want to operate a vehicle on the roadway. And it's not that she hasn't had this permit. Uh, in fact, I saw her Nevada driver's license today. So she has a driver's license. In fact, it's valid until the end of next year. So, but it's suspended. No, I don't think it's been susp- – I don't know. Maybe it has been suspended. Maybe it hasn't – I don't know if the cops have their information right. The fact is she didn't want to show them her, oh, her driver's I license. I see. And whether or not it was suspended isn't the issue. I don't think she would have showed it if it was or if it wasn't. So I, I think that's probably true. Right. And her whole point – and I know you disagree with, with her stance on this, Mark. I just don't think it – I don't think it accomplishes anything. There are a lot of people that feel the way that you do, I, and I understand uh, I, I like Lauren Canario. Lauren Canario is one of the nicest people. She's well, so I don't want to be sweet. superlative about it. She's very nice. Yeah. Um, she's nice. She's extraordinarily moral. I don't want to um, come off in any way like that. I think it. I think that there, her time could be better spent doing other stuff, personally. I, I know you feel that way, but this is the battle she's chosen. Yes, it is. Other people might disagree, and that's fine. But the fact is, whether or not you disagree with her battle shouldn't mean that you won't support her being able to not be a prisoner of the state for these very, very lightweight offenses. I mean, she really wasn't putting anyone in danger. Lauren Canario wants to be in jail. No, she doesn't want to be in jail. I'm sure she doesn't want to be in jail. It can't be a pleasant experience. What she wants to do, I think, is is live free. Well, I think she wants to show the uh, the the oppressive nature of that the state. That she does. And she has to go a long, long way to do it. Correct. She understands that if she doesn't follow the state's silly little rules, eventually they're going to get tired of her not following them, and they're going to put her in a cold, dark cell. Uh, and that's what she, and that is what she wants. She wants people to to see the fact that look, this tiny little fifty-something-year-old woman has not harmed anybody else, nope. but yet is now sentenced to essentially what is what amounts to a life sentence. Uh, we'll get into that here in a moment. It's an indefinite sentence. Uh, what she hasn't really been sentenced, and I'll talk about that. But she's going to be sitting in this jail cell possibly for longer than. A lot of uh, criminals, a lot of people that have actually committed a crime against another person or against someone else's property. And, the, you know, the, the question is... She sure is, could have gotten in a bar fight and uh, spent less time, I right. can assure you of that. Right. The question is, is this really appropriate, the way they're treating her? So it doesn't matter how you feel about what she, what laws she has broken. The question is, do you feel like what's happening to her is appropriate for breaking those laws? 
at least that's my question for you, and I would love to hear what you think at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. So over two weeks ago, she was arrested, uh, pulled over on the side of the road after she was coming back from a a meeting of uh, Free State Project members here in New Hampshire. And uh, they took her away, and they left her husband and another Free Stater, Menno, on the side of the road to apparently walk home halfway across the states. Did she, um, what was, were there, her tags expired or something? Uh, she didn't have tags on the car. No, that might be the issue. <laughs> so they charged her with a few nonsense uh, so-called crimes, and it, had, <laughs> it took about two weeks for anything to come out of the jail. Um, people had been sending letters, and if you want to learn how to write Lauren, her address is on freelaurencanario.com. That's freelaurencanario.com. The latest <laughs> they just on, keep that site going, huh? <laughs> but it gets updated when it needs to be. And uh, so I'm going to share with you her letter to Cat Canning, uh, who is the publisher of the Keen Free Press, and also one from her husband. Then we'll tell you about what happened today out at the jail. I went out there today with my video camera, and I was detained uh, against my will. For several minutes, we'll oh talk boy. about that. Let's it's, hear this. It pales in comparison to Lauren's detention, but uh, but I was detained. Anyway, uh, she says, "Thank you for the funny hi, cat. Thanks for uh, for the funny cards and stirring up the jail with protests outside. Unbridled hugs for you. I'm doing fine here. I'm in my cell 24 hours a day. Ugh. Now, isn't that something? The treatment that's reserved for just the most vicious and violent and dangerous and crazy." Uh, criminals. It, it, it seems like you're throwing a, a lot of uh, adjectives on top of it. But if if you break the rules in jail, you're going to go to confinement. And uh, if you can't handle being in the room with one person, in, you know, uh, having a bunkmate in confinement, you'll be put in by yourself. Right. She's not in this 24-hour containment because she's antisocial. No. She's she's, she's probably not knifing people with a shiv in the shower. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're punishing her, of course, because she doesn't want to participate. That's what Lauren does. She doesn't do what they want her to do. She mm-hmm. doesn't sign the paperwork they want her to sign. Well, I saw the you, papers today. She the, didn't sign them. The, the, the jail, the, judici- the criminal justice system that we have in America is remarkably good at getting people to comply. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't, and that upsets them. Anyway, she's in the cell 24 hours, but I can see and hear many people in the day room and exercise yard. They would let me out for an hour a day if I do their medical exam or wear a mask and gloves. But that's not happening, so I also can't use the phone or get any books to read. I'm being held on contempt of court because I won't voluntarily enter the court. Funny, I thought... Now, this is interesting because when she was in Connecticut Mm -hmm. and she was arrested for defending the property of the Kilo 7, those who had had their property stolen by the New London government a couple years ago, when she was arrested in that case, they didn't have any issue with carrying her into court. Well, you, they didn't there's, charge her with no any consistency contempt. in these. These are no. different towns, and they run things differently. And sounds like they've got their system. They want to do it their way. She says, "Funny, I thought you'd have to get to court to be found in contempt. Apparently they never not. took me past the parking lot. No inmates are allowed to speak to me, but sometimes they see me looking out and start singing, Free Lauren.' I'm happy to hear stories of tamping and soil mixes. And she's talking about how they're building a house here in uh, in New Hampshire. The Free Staters love to get together and uh, and help each other build things, which is really cool. Yes, uh, it'll be very cool. I uh, j- just uh, bought a piece of property, uh, and I'm going to be putting a house on it, so I, I'm going to love that part. But but you have to give a little to get a little as sure. well. And well, you've been I, out helping uh, Lauren and her husband and, uh, build their yeah, house. And some other um, you know, Free Staters here in New Hampshire. So she says, due to the repugnant qualities of the meals, I have often uh, I often think of food. Questions: If you'd only like to eat raw vegan food, would you eat grapes dried in the sun? 
nuts charred by a forest fire, or that algae that grows in boiling hot springs, or food put through a vacuum like juice concentrate. They aren't really cooked, but not really raw. Uh, she goes on and thanks some other people for sending, him, uh, sending her some drawings and that sort of thing. And then she draws a picture of her view of, of her cell, very dank, very uh, dreary. There's just a single column in the middle of the cell surrounded by bricks. Uh, she doesn't have very much that she can look out at. Uh, the, the letter to her husband's a little bit more detailed. She says, I'm doing well. My cell is 8 feet by 16 feet. Small windows on one side overlooking an exercise yard. Perforated metal door on the other looking out to the day room. I can see, see and hear people and even a little sky so the isolation isn't so bad. The food is so bad I refuse to eat 90% of it, causing me to have constant thoughts of building a ravioli machine. <laughs> After the two Milford police dragged me to the cruiser and shut the doors to deal with you, I pulled off the loose handcuffs because her husband was there at the time she was arrested. That's why... She's referencing it that she way. She slides out of handcuffs, that's for sure. <laughs> Officer Dur- uh, Durham drove me to the Milford PD, and when he saw my hands free, said, That's what I get for being a nice guy. Inside, I stayed silent while they searched the Internet and my car to see if they could charge me with more crimes. I was happy when they found com and angry when they showed me insurance cards they had stolen out of the car. The five charges they settled on were speeding, driving without registration, driving on a suspended license, resisting arrest, and disobeying a police officer. Which, the last two are total BS. Uh, she doesn't resist arrest. She just doesn't cooperate. Resisting arrest um, connotates an active resistance in that you're fighting the police officer. Mm-hmm. She just simply doesn't do what they order her to do. And so they slapped a disobeying a police officer charge, which is one of those uh, one of the ones from their repertoire they can just pull out and just hit anybody with. Yeah, that's a crappy, uh, that, that's a crappy charge. Uh, and police officers need to be able to uh, enforce the law, not uh, people follow their orders. Being arrested for speeding, being arrested for driving without registration? What do you think about this? This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. We're talking about our friend Lauren Canario. She has been arrested yet again, and she's sort of a super uh, civil disobedience superstar. Uh, been arrested several times now within the last couple of years, uh, several meaning four or five times, maybe five or six times at this point, uh, a couple times down in Connecticut, defending the property rights of the Kilo 7 from the very famous, uh, now or now infamous, I guess, uh, Kilo 7 court case, Supreme Court case, where they just decided to bet. Governments could take private property and give it to private owners. Uh, She went down there and was arrested in defense of private property rights down there. And now uh, she has chosen to take on an issue, tackle an issue that a lot of people disagree with her. A lot of people within the libertarian movement, the liberty movement, disagree with her. But that hasn't stopped her, of course. Uh, She's out there doing what she thinks is right and trying to bring attention to the injustice of the system. She was arrested Uh, apparently on five charges over a week ago. And according to her, the the charges were speeding. She was also arrested for uh, driving with license suspended. Uh, Driving, let's see, I had it right here in front of me a moment ago. Disobeying a police officer. Disobeying a police officer. Resisting arrest. You got it. There was uh, several of the charges. And now she's been sitting in a jail cell for over 17 days as a result of this. In total isolation, 24 hours in this cell. She has not been allowed to shower. 
Lauren Canario has not. Apparently, you need to have a name and a social security number to shower at uh, the local jail there. Apparently so. Apparently, you you have the right to remain silent, but the part they don't tell you is that if you remain silent, then they have a right to hold you forever. Right. Because that's what's happening. We'll get into what's going on behind the scenes here in a few moments. We're, we're sharing a few letters that have come out of the jail from Lauren. She is allowed, apparently, to send letters out. She's not allowed to, to receive any books, but she is allowed to receive letters at this point. If you want to write to her, I'm sure she would love to, uh, to hear from you. Go to FreeLaurenCanario.com, and uh, the address is right there. That's FreeLaurenCanario.com. Uh, as we continue reading her letters, I, and what I'd like to know from you is how you feel about all this. Do you think it's appropriate to put someone in a jail cell for not having the appropriate papers? Is that something that should be happening in, a, in America? I mean, they, it was bad enough they took her car. That's the other part. They put her in a jail cell, then they towed her car, and they charged $50 a day to hold on to that car. While she's in jail? Right. Now, her husband uh, had since gone and managed to get it out. What he did was the trick... See, it was tricky. The rules were, that were explained to him were that, well, you can't get it out until it's registered because it's an unregistered vehicle. Mm-hmm. And you know what registration means. That means asking the state for permission to, uh, to be able to, to have that vehicle in the state, basically. And drive it on their roads. Yeah. Um, and so that he thought that he had to register the vehicle in order to get it out of the yard. And, of course, he doesn't want to do that because Lauren wouldn't want him to. Right. So what he ended up figuring out was that if he brought, because he drives a van, if he brought his van along with a trailer on it, like a car trailer, he could pick up the vehicle and transport it to another location. Mm, and so he police, wouldn't get charged 50 bucks a day. Well, I mean, he did because it took him a few days to get there. But, right, but, uh, but it, yeah, that way he could rescue the vehicle and not have to register the car. Uh, and the police were very reticent to share this information with him. It was not easy to mm. uh, to to get this information from them. In fact, I think he got most of it from the the tow yard guy. So the vehicle's been uh, been removed. The vehicle has been saved. Lauren is still sitting in a jail cell. I mean, it would have been bad enough to just take the vehicle, just to take the vehicle and leave her on the side of the road. That mm-hmm. would have been punishment, I think, enough. But uh, 17 days in solitary confinement. Who could possibly support this? 800-259-9231. She says she refuses to eat 90% of the food. It's so bad. She's completely isolated. She can see and hear people and even a little bit of sky, but uh, that's about it. She says apparently the five charges, oh, here they are, speeding, driving without registration, suspended license, resisting arrest, and disobeying a police officer. The Milford bail bondsman decided on $10,000. Now that's another point. Is this really, uh, I mean, necessary? $10,000? What do you get for rape? Well, I, I, I understand that, but is she going to show up to court? Uh, well, probably not. Yeah, that's I think what bail bond that's what bonds are for. Well, she's not going to pay the bail either, and she doesn't want anyone to go down and pay the bail for her. She's not going to sign the bail release forms. She's not going to sign any of their paperwork. Anyway, uh, she says uh, the bail was ten thousand dollars with stipulations to return for fingerprints. Their paperwork done. Two Milford police drove me to the Hillsborough County Jail in Manchester at ten miles over the speed limit at three in the morning. At county lockup, there was... The Hillsborough County Jail is in Manchester? I guess Manchester. Apparently, yes. Apparently. Uh, That's where I went today. I'll tell you about that in a moment. At county lockup, there was some awkward straining and cursing and calling for help on the part of the authorities as they had to drag me up some steps through the and through two sets of doors. If one small dissident can tie up two departments and the main jail entrance, says Lauren, what can ten do? 
While the sky was still dark, many uniformed inmates began arriving at lockup. I had no blanket or toilet in my cell, but soon I had company. One teenage girl wearing jeans and underwear. I asked if male officers had searched her as they had me. See, she doesn't have a problem talking to other inmates. Mm -hmm. It's just the uh, bureaucrats. She doesn't want to talk to As they had me, she said yes, and that they took her sweater. They let me keep my sweater, and I thought I was cold, so wow. Throughout the morning, sheriffs and paddy wagons took people to court from lockup. I got dragged to a paddy wagon for a solo ride to Milford District Court. The van backed up to the court entrance and opened the outer set of back doors. I sat on the bench farthest from the door. Five uniformed police and sheriffs assembled outside, and then about three guys in suits, then more guys in suits. Hey, I thought, they're... They're, oh, they're bringing the court to me. They opened the inner doors of the van and asked if I was coming out. I did nothing. A court officer with a suit commanded me to walk into court. I said nothing. The prosecutor gave me an ultimatum. If you don't get up, walk into court, and plead guilty or not guilty, the judge will charge you with contempt of court. I just looked at him. All right, then, he said angrily and slammed the door. There was some discussion, and then the court officer opened the door and said, The judge is giving you five more minutes to decide. I smiled at their backpedaling. Five minutes passed, and the prosecutor says, From now on, you'll have to ask for an arraignment, and the court doesn't accept collect calls from county jail, so I don't know how you're getting out of jail. They went back on that strategy this week by sending an officer every morning to ask me if I'd like to go to court today. No thanks, I answered. Is there anything I can do for you, he says. I'd like a pencil, I say. And that's how I got a pencil today. <laughs> Let me out. Thank you to all the people that are at the protest for me. They're really shaking up the jail. People in the jail are singing a little song. Free Lauren. And then this one came on a separate day. She says, things are pretty dull here. Lights come on. Food comes under the door. Eat what's not disgusting. Brush teeth. Nap. Food comes under door. Eat what's not disgusting. Read. Pace. Lights go out. Sleep. Today I had a hearing by the sergeant for refusing to obey the officers. He wasn't hearing much, just talking. So I tried that Adventures in Legal Land strategy of asking simple questions about the fair and voluntary nature of the proceedings. When I asked how a judge got powers over me, he broke off and went to his office. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, <laughs> <laughs> apparently the uh, Mark Stevens uh, strategy didn't exactly get, get all the doors open for well, the Well, Mark right Stevens out. strategy isn't uh, designed to work with police officers necessarily. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but I don't know, maybe he'd never been asked that before and had to go off and think about it. Anyway, she says, I'm asking a lot of questions and not getting many answers. So those are the uh, letters from Lauren that we've received so far. Again, if you want to write to her, she's got nothing better to do than read your letters. <laughs> go to FreeLaurenCanario.com and uh, get the address there and send her something. That's uh, FreeLaurenCanario.com. At this point, they aren't allowing her to receive books or anything besides... Right, when you say something, you better talk... Right. You better be a letter Besides card. letters. Pictures. Now, the latest on the story is we all went out to protest at the courthouse in the jail today, and I got detained for a few minutes. We'll explain that. This is Free Talk Live. George Phillies is the right candidate for president, a serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us, including updates. Get on the list. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You will know first. 
If you get on the list at updates.freetalklive.com, that's updates.freetalklive.com. Got questions about the liquidity crisis, the China option, the Fed chairman's unenviable choice between hyperinflation or a deflationary implosion followed by hyperinflation? Visit d2z.org. That's d2z.org or contact Troy at d2z.org. All right, so we're giving you the latest on the Lauren Canario situation, um, and it's, it's just bad. Uh, a very nice lady in her early 50s has been taken away, from, has had all of her freedom taken away from her. She's being confined in uh, 24 hours in a cell by herself at the, uh, the Hillsborough County in, in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire Correctional Institution. All of this because she decided she was going to drive without her government papers. Seriously, that's it. Uh, that's why she's in a jail cell right now. And they charge with a few other things, like resisting arrest, which she didn't do. I've seen Lauren be arrested before, and I know for a fact she doesn't resist arrest. She just doesn't cooperate, and I think there's a key difference there. But nonetheless, uh, disobeying a police officer, yet another one of the charges they've uh, they've thrown at her. And she's been in there for 17 days now. What I really would like to hear from is somebody who thinks that that's appropriate. I mean, whether or not you disagree with carrying government papers, and there's a lot of disagreement on that issue, how do you feel about the punishment? Her car was stolen from her, locked up in an impound lot, charged $50 a day for being there. And now she's been in jail for well over two weeks. She's not even being allowed to shower. Well, um, I, I don't know that I, I – I don't think that it's a necessarily an appropriate uh, punishment. But what does the system do with a scofflaw like Lauren? When, she lets, when, when they let her go, she's going to do exactly the same thing over and over again. They don't know what to do. They they only have one card to play. That's all the system. Well, they have two cards. They have the we're going to use violence, coercion, and jail on mm-hmm. you, or the using violence, coercion, or jail on you card. Right, because I mean, you get those choice. Normally, the uh, the fact that they hold uh, you know they hold the one card makes makes the uh, you know makes it uh, the people won't fight them. But right, they certainly don't want to let her out, and so she can keep going around and acting like she's a free person. Might encourage other people to start doing it. And then that's, that's a great question, and she points out in her email, or not her email, but her letter that, that uh, has come out from the jail, you know, if one refusenik, one non-cooperative like her, where they have to carry her up the steps, they have to carry her from place to place, because she just doesn't cooperate with the police, if one person like her can, can get the attention of almost the entire police department, what would 10 do? And uh, apparently get the inmates all excited, too. And if you're a taxpayer, and there are a lot of comments on the video uh, from Lauren. If you go to look at, uh, uh, I think it's it's on the thread. If you go to uh, nh3.com in the forums, Lauren kidnapped thread, there's a link to a video that uh, J- her husband Jim shot the night she was arrested. And there are comments that are being written on that video from people that are very upset. People that are very upset with Lauren. That uh, sort of the the slave mentality where, well, we're slaves and we've we've gone through the process of registration and paying fees and jumping through hoops, so you should have to as well. And they're very upset that she's deciding that she wants to get off the plantation and she wants to live free. Are there people like that listening right now? Are you upset at Lauren Canario because she's decided to drive around safely? By the way, she's a safe driver. She has a license from Nevada. She doesn't feel like uh, she needs it anymore. Are you upset with her? 800-259-9231. Anyway, here's the latest on the story. We went out to, uh, to the court this morning. Uh, first we went to the court, then we went to the jail. And when we went to the court, they didn't want to let me inside with my camera. 
apparently there's no freedom of the press inside courts. Uh, so I wasn't allowed to actually videotape any of this. But Kat Canning, the pub- publisher of the Keen Free Press, got Lauren's paperwork. And we shuffled through it and took a look at all the things they'd filled out. Indeed, Lauren had not signed any of their papers. And it said, refused to sign nearby the, the signature mm-hmm. area. Um, and then we looked and we found out, and this is very interesting, we found out that they charged her with contempt of court because she did not voluntarily get out of the police van. Now, they've been carrying her everywhere. They carried her to the police car. They carried her out of the police car. They carried her into her cell. They carried her from the cell to the uh, the, the police van. And then when they got to the court, they opened the back doors and asked her to walk out. She did not. She had to voluntarily go into, into the, court, the court. Which means that, it, I assume you're going to say that, well, that somehow she has to accept the court's ruling by walking in. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't understand. think it means that because I she's think it's been ex- carried into plenty of courts. I think it's an excuse for them to lock this woman up for her entire life or for at least a long time. Because right now what the situation is, because she did not voluntarily leave that police van, they told her they're charging no, her with contempt it's, of court not, and she will be it's held. It's not the desire to lock her up for the rest of her life. It's the desire to get her to comply. I understand, and she's not going to. Right. So, so she's essentially going to be their prisoner. Choosing to stay in jail for the rest of her she's, life. She's going she's to be picking that. Their prison. No, she's not picking that. She is. Picking They're that. picking that for her. They could let her out if they wanted to. She could get out tomorrow. No, she, she might not get out tomorrow. She might go in there, and they might sentence her to three more months. Look, she um, did not cooperate with them, and to punish her for that. They have said they're going to charge with contempt of court, and she can have her arraignment as soon as she wants to get out of the uh, the van on a voluntary basis and go in there. So, if the, essentially she has an indefinite detention, she has never she has not even been arraigned. And in New Hampshire, you're supposed to be arraigned within 24 hours of your arrest. The judge, there was a piece of paper in there that said they that offered she, her an arraignment. I the mean, judge said that they, that she has waived her arraign, her right to a 24 hour arraignment. I think that by that's not cooperating accurate. with their silly little system, and and so now she's going to be in jail for an indefinite period of time. And what I want to know from you is if you are a taxpayer, and if this were going on, it's happening in New Hampshire, but it could be happening where you live, because it has happened in, uh, in, in uh, Connecticut as well. But if this were happening where you live, would you feel good about paying $40,000 a year to house oh, this I think it's woman? probably more than that. I'm being conservative. Would you feel good about paying $40,000 a year in taxes to house this woman day and night, 24 hours a day, uh, for are just refusing to cooperate with the police? I'd like to hear from you at 800-259-9231. We don't know when she's going to get out because we know she's not going to cooperate with them. We know that much. And we know they don't like that. We know they don't like carrying her around. So there's a chance that they're just going to get fed up with her, which is what they seem to do eventually. They just get fed up with dealing with her, mm-hmm. and they end up just throwing her out on the street eventually. <laughs> it, may ha- it may happen tomorrow. You're right. right. That's she, what they tend to do. She could be out as soon as tomorrow, but there's no way to tell right now, and there's, there, well, there's so no process. So far, she's been, um, she's been released. Every time she's been in jail, she's been released. It's just a surprise. For everyone. Apparently, if you don't consent at all to their system, if you question the system at all, you have a chance of staying in jail for an indefinite period of time. That's what's happening to Lauren. Is this the America you want to live in? Is this a free country? 800-259-9231. Okay, so then we went to the jail, right? That was all the paperwork. We got the latest update on her status. So we went and brought our protest out to the jail. And after protesting on various different sides of the jail, I had my video camera with me, and I decided, well... I'm going to go in to the jail 
and shoot the inside of the jail. I just I wanted to see what the, uh, the the receiving area looked like or whatever public areas there were to go into. I wanted to get on tape. So I went into this. I opened a door, which was the area I was supposed to go into from the signage that was outside of it. And it said no smoking. And it said no ammunition, no guns, no firearms. I didn't see anything that said no cameras. Right. So I went in. And there was another door immediately inside that one. That was locked. Hmm. And... I was sort of shooting, I was shooting, there was a camera in there watching the the room, and Mm -hmm. there was this phone on the wall, and you had to press a little doorbell in order to talk to them if you wanted to talk to them, because you sort of had to be buzzed in or something. And then I heard this voice come over the phone that said, uh, you need to leave, or something to that effect. I'm I'm paraphrasing, I haven't reviewed the video footage yet, but uh, you you need to leave. And so uh, I said, okay, it It wasn't like I could do anything in there. Um, So I tried to leave, and I was trapped. That other door that I had walked into had locked behind me. Oh, boy. And I could not get out. It was going to be 10 or 15 minutes until I actually got out of there. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about what happened. They sent a cop out to interrogate me after I uh, walked out of this, after I was finally able to get out. We'll uh, clue you in on what he was asking about. 800-259-9231. And you can comment on this Lauren situation. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Of course, we'd like your thoughts on the Lauren Canario situation. We've been telling you about all hour here. Our friend is currently in jail. Uh, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free. So enjoy those on us. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, go buy some Free Talk Live stuff. Like Free Talk Live T-shirts and hats and hoodies and DVD classic collectors, uh, classic archives collectors sets and more, all at store.freetalklive.com. And the bumper stickers are free. That's store.freetalklive.com. Do you need a new computer but don't seem to have the money or credit to buy one? MyPCCredit.com is your answer. Finance top quality new computers and laptops and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks and no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start from just $22 a month. Go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com. Well, here's some shocking news for you if you're just tuning in. You probably were brought up being told things like, this is a free country, and you're innocent until proven guilty, and you have the right to remain silent. But apparently that's none of that's really true. Um, it's not a free country because well, you may, can't maybe travel. Not to the, the extremes. It's not true. You can't travel without having government papers to show government uh, police officers. Uh, you apparently aren't innocent until proven guilty if you decide to utilize your right to stay silent. Uh, because that's what our friend Lauren Canario has been doing. She's been arrested, has been held in a 24-hour lockdown prison cell for over over two weeks at this point because she didn't have her correct uh, her vehicle registered and she didn't have a or she had an expired license. It seems like it's pretty outrageous what's happening to her, and I want to know how you feel at 800-259-9231. So she utilized her right to right to remain silent. As a result, they charged her with contempt of court. Why couldn't they just hand down a verdict in absentia? If she wasn't going to go into their courtroom, why couldn't they just hand down the verdict? Well, it just looks say, like okay, they want compliance. Two weeks. two weeks. No, that's right. They want her to bow down to their stupid rules and their uh, their asinine nonsense. And she's not going to do it. 
And now as a You're result, right that. now as a result, she is in jail for an indefinite period of time. And uh, uh, Dale over at the uh, at nh3.com in the forum, I think he's really right on when he points out that she is guilty until proven innocent. According to this, they're holding her forever until she decides to get out of their little police paddy wagon, which they carry her everywhere else. Why can't they carry her out from the paddy wagon into the courtroom? Can someone explain that to me? And you're not required to testify in court. Fifth Amendment to anyone? Self-incrimination? You don't have to speak in court. They can give you they can give you a sentence without you talking. Look what they did with Ed Brown. He didn't even show up to court. They didn't have any problem sentencing him in absentia yeah. and going and taking him and putting him in a jail cell. So, love to know what you think here. Anyway, we went out for a protest today, went out to the jail. I went into a little room to try to film because I had my video camera, and I caught all this on tape. Uh, went into this little room to try to get into the jail, and once I realized it was sort of like this little secure area, I tried to leave, but the door behind me had locked. So I think they were playing with me. I think that uh, they were messing with us because they knew what we were there for, obviously, and they figured they'd just sort of get a few jollies off of uh, detaining me without so any the, sort of probable door, cause. Did the door unlock on its own later? Uh, yeah, after after about 10 or 15 minutes had passed. Unlocked on the zone? Well, no, I was in there, and there's this phone there, and you have, you, pr- you press a little doorbell-looking button in order to get them to talk to you. So I pressed the button and, uh, and you know, said, hey, this door's locked. She says, oh, okay, it'll be just a second. And, you know, bureaucrats, <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to be a second. In fact, it was several minutes later, and nothing had happened. A couple minutes later, nothing had happened, so I went back, pressed the doorbell again. This time, they just, they just weren't responding to me. Uh, and so, you know, every other 30 seconds or so, I'd press the doorbell again. And just to remind him I was still there and I wanted to get out and saying things like, hey, you know, I've got a deadline to meet. I'm a member of the press, blah, blah, blah. They didn't care. They were just going to let me sit there for a little while. And, uh, you know, I had to go to the bathroom, too. If they'd let me stay there for too long, things could have gotten messy. I don't (laughs) think they would have liked that very much. No, I don't think they would have. But they did end up letting me out after several minutes had gone by. And as I was leaving, as I was walking out of the door, a garage door on the side of the jail had opened, and a police officer, a uniformed police officer, not a corrections officer, but a uh, like a Manchester cop, mm-hmm. uh, came out and started asking me questions. Why are you here? Oh, well, we're here for a protest. And uh, I don't remember what else he said after that, but he asked me a couple other things, and, uh, and then as I started to walk away, I, uh, I was starting to walk away, and he said, do you have any ID? Or can, can you show me some ID or something like that? And I said, I don't have any ID to show you. And just started walking away at that mm. point. So that, that that was the end of that. And luckily I didn't get arrested or anything. But intimidation, harassment, yeah. illegal detention. How long is it? How long can they trap you somewhere before it's considered uh, illegal detention or unlawful uh, seizure? That's what I'm curious. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know anything about this. Not that I'm going to bring a lawsuit. I don't care. Uh, but... Just curious. 800-259-9231. And curious about how you feel about the Lauren Canario situation. That wraps up the latest. Oh, one more update. I was wrong. Uh, According to her husband, he posted uh, over at nhfree.com tonight that you can send books. But they have to be like publisher books. They have to be real books. Not you... According to the jail's rules, they have to be a, like a, a legitimate publisher or a look a, what looks like a published book. I don't think they'll allow something that's spiral bound, for instance, or something like that. Hmm. Don't ask me why. That's the rules. So you can you can send letters and you can send books, and the details, the address, freelaurencanario.com. 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk to Mike in Connecticut. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? 
Nothing. Uh, I just wanted to say my opinion about that woman. Mm-hmm. Lauren Canara. Um, I really think they need her permission to uh, actually try her. That's how they get jurisdiction over her. That's why they need her to um, voluntarily walk in the courtroom. But they don't need her permission to put her in a jail cell. But they've drugged her into well, the courtroom kidnapping. in the past. In my point, it's kidnap. It's kidnapping. But um, you know. Why do you think that some uh, some courtrooms operate differently? For instance, in Connecticut, she has been uh, manhandled into the courtroom. They have literally physically moved her from one point to another. For some reason, the Manchester police aren't doing that. Why do you think the discrepancy is there? Um, I don't know. Did she did she talk in the courtroom in Connecticut? I think after she had been in jail for a few weeks, she did accept a guilty plea at, at one point, but she did not She did not consent to going into the courtroom in the first place. They drug her there. Um, Where is they not doing that here? And since she pled guilty after the court hearing? Can I get? Yes. Yes, she did. And she consented their jurisdiction. I see what you're saying, but she did not consent before she was dragged into the court. I just matter of procedure, I guess, for them. So you're just saying the procedures are different from state to state? It sounds like it, and uh, they really need her legal name from her mouth. Now, why do they need why do they need her permission and her name and all that stuff? Right, there's actually a guy in Connecticut that challenged that whole thing, and they stuck him in a mental institution for 60 days. So uh-huh. I Jeez. hope that doesn't happen to her, because then they'll force drug her. Oh boy, that would not That's be good. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the uh, I mean, the two weeks for for what she did, not driving with papers? Is that appropriate? No, not at all. What do you I think would think be appropriate for that? I don't think you should have to have a license to drive. I agree with that. I mean, really, you're either a safe I mean, driver or you're not. I think that if you get caught doing something bad, like drunk driving or something, then yeah. you'll be licensed and permitted. Well, if you're if you're putting somebody else's life in danger, then you should be punished for something like that. Right. She's not. Then She's you a should safe have driver. to get a license. You see. That's a good point. More than that, you should be free to travel. Yep. Well, we're not free in this country. Not in America. Thanks for the call, Mike. We appreciate okay. hearing from you. 800-259-9231. You know, I really, I really wish I could read some of these YouTube comments because they're outrageous. Uh, just the hatred being directed towards Lauren Canario for simply disobeying uh, some of these silly little rules that we have in this country. It's amazing the attitude of people. The well, we've we were put through the ringer, so we want you to be put through the ringer as well. And I just think it's sad if you go to uh, if you go to YouTube and you look at political graffiti, that's the name of the uh, the YouTube account. Here's what Dave or Dave Veal Cox says: Lauren got exactly what she deserved, and you got exactly what you deserved. Her car got exactly what it deserved. Why? Because the laws that our society has agreed upon were violated, and the consequences of those laws were administered. And he says, I'm absolutely saddened that you subjected the fine officers of Milford to such a blatant exhibition of retardation. On the bright side, it only solidified my opinion as to why we need police. If you you need police to protect you from a nice little lady driving her car from point A to point B. If you really believe people should be should treat others in society with such disregard for simple social social contract doctrine and legally passed legislation, then then maybe we need protection from idiots such as you who think the law doesn't apply to you. 
Well, you know, I understand. I I get both sides of this equation. I get where he's coming from, and I get where where he's uh, coming from is nonsense. There is no social contract. Look, that's fantasy that's the in problem. the mind of in People the mind of don't understand this. Right? Did it raise the eye? No, no, it, not socialist. This guy's I barely a socialist. understand. You believe in the why. social contract? You're a socialist. I barely opinion. understand why um, Lauren wants to do this. So. Well, she wants to live free. 800-259-9231. And what's wrong with that? Hour two's on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. If you can bring up anything as we launch an hour number two of the program, the toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Let's roll right into the phone calls and talk to the Gord Captain. Nope, no, he's gone. Let's go to Don in Pennsylvania. Don, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey. I was just curious. Uh, you guys always kept saying uh, Lauren there was driving a vehicle. Now, my question is, if you know anything about a car, uh, does she have a title for it, or do you probably don't even know what she has? I, I, I don't know. That is a good question. I know that it's a newish looking, um, a newish looking car. And Are you pointing out that legally the definition of a vehicle means something other than you might think it means? Yeah, the Black Slaw book, you know, 8th edition, or, you know, newer or older, is a vehicle is a motorized device used for commercial purposes, a for-hire device, such as a taxi, limo, semi-truck, tow truck, cement truck, etc., etc. That is, puts it underneath the uniform commercial codes. It's very interesting, because people have pointed out in the past, and I, I'm, I'm sure you can clarify this for me and see if I'm, if I'm getting this right, people have pointed out that, well, because the law defines vehicle as such... If you aren't doing business, if you aren't engaging in commerce with your car, then you aren't operating a motor vehicle by definition, and therefore, at least by the way the laws are written, you technically shouldn't have to register or, uh, or, or license yourself. Uh, in a sense, but you're forgetting the most major, how can I say, the root of all the problems. Whenever you buy a brand new car... Okay, and it does have to be brand new. There's mm-hmm. other ways to do it, but it's a long, drawn-out process. Right. Okay, but whenever you go into your dealership, you hand him the money. You No, you cannot use a bank because in order to use a bank, the bank says, we want you to register it before right. you, you know, can take the car off the lot. You're trying to get a manufacturer's certificate of origin, correct? Correct. And that, now, is... That, is, that in the bill of sale is 100%. Pure yours. Sort of like if you go down and buy a Slim Jim, you know, did you register it? No, but I ate it. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, you never registered it. Who knows? You may have, re- you know, ate it the wrong way. But the, the thing is, a driver is someone who is engaged in commercial transportation for hire or profit. Okay? So, in other words, you actually have to be driving a vehicle once you register it the automobile now becomes known as a vehicle. 
Right, and these are the way the the, the law. This is the way the law works. They uh, they define they define terms that are just different. The definitions are different from regular English, and everybody just presumes that uh, that the law applies to them. Of course, that you know, the, then there's a whole other discussion on how the laws can even be made to apply to anyone in the first place, because it's just people sitting around in a room writing things on paper, and that's a whole other discussion. But just even looking at the law, what you're pointing out is that by definition. The people that are that are going from point A to point B aren't actually A driving, nor are they B driving vehicles by legal definition. Correct? Correct, unless it's registered, and once you know you don't uh, no longer have the certificate of origin and the bill of sale, which don't really mean nothing without one without the other, then you fall underneath all the vehicle codes. Now, I live in Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania actually states in their book. Uh, page 50, you know, first version, there's three different books of them. Anyways, it'll actually tell you the court cases and everything in there. And it says definitely that a certificate of title is not proof of absolute ownership. It is only a form of ownership. Right. Now, the way to get a certificate of of title is you have to surrender the manufacturer's certificate of origin, which is the actual thing that shows that you own the car. You surrender that to the government, and they get to keep it, and then in return, they give you the certificate of title. Which is only a form of ownership. In other words, you're driving their car around, which also puts you into a contractual arrangement with the state. Right. It's very it's all very fascinating, but the practicality is what really concerns me. Let's say you go and you uh buy a brand new car and you manage to get the dealer to give you the MSO. They're not going to be used to doing something like that because they're used to following a certain process and sending it into the state and all that, but it's possible if you give them cash, they should be able to give you the MSO uh, or manufacturer's certificate of origin, whichever. It's called different things. Um, and if you actually have that, if you actually have real 100% true ownership of your car, how do you convince a cop of that? Well, it does, remember, everyone has been brainwashed. Right. Okay? You, you've been Including brainwashed to believe. Pardon? Including the cops. Well, yeah, him too. I mean, everyone has been brainwashed. I'm only one out of probably 100,000 people that actually know the truth next to a lawyer, and he ain't about to tell you. Right. Okay? After all, if you're going to lose half a million dollars a year because of telling the truth, what are you going to do? You're going to shut your mouth. Indeed. Okay? You're going to go along with the system and be a happy little camper. But the problem is you're going to end up in court. The thing is, whenever you go into court, you have to turn right around and say, Officer, was I driving a vehicle? And then you have to slap down the vehicle code book. If, like, New Hampshire has a vehicle code book, I don't Mm -hmm. know. All I know is Pennsylvania sure as heck does, okay? Uh, And, uh... You turn right around and say, well, no, you weren't in a vehicle. Uh, Your Honor, here's the Black's Law Dictionary that defines what a vehicle is. And here's the definition of what an automobile is. Now you have two different definitions. And he already said I wasn't involved in commercial commerce. Now you have to throw the case out of court. So you're saying that you could... Because because he arrested you and they call it impounding, I call it grand auto theft, Mm. you're going to sue the cop and throw his ass behind bars. Oh, excuse me. That's all right. Uh, You know, it's very interesting. So uh, have people actually successfully done this? Now, here's the question. (laughs) Yes, but you'll never hear about it. Why? Because whenever you get the check in the mail for your couple million dollars to keep your mouth shut, it's a contract, and in the contract it says if you say anything about you, we can throw you in jail for breach of contract. Very interesting. Hmm. Don, it's fascinating. How do I get this couple million dollar check? <laughs> you have to well, win you're the gonna, case. Remember, you're going to file charges against the cop. What can he say? I didn't impound the person's car. 
you're, you're filing charges for you're like right. you're you're filing charges for false imprisonment or something like that, kidnapping. No, grand auto theft. Let's see, assault and battery with a deadly weapon. If he did a pit maneuver, attempted murder. Okay, you know it, you can just add them on. What the heck? You know jaywalking. What the heck? It's amazing. Okay. You know, I really, I am, a, I really like this forbidden knowledge stuff. I think it's very interesting, and uh, I like, I like the idea that some people have managed to practically apply it. I just wish more of it was out in the open. I wish uh, more. There was. I more, wish there was a video. Yeah, I wish there was more light being shed on things like this, Don. And the, it seems like the only, the only way you can get most of this information is to sort of troll the internet, and then you're coming across all kinds of info, and it's always questionable as to whether or not it's accurate, uh, whether or not it's reliable, whether or not it's something. That uh, that is actually well. You uh, pardon me. There, I believe it's Ian. Uh, but anyways, uh, you cannot find any of this on the internet. It's impossible. You actually have to go to your county law library and go in there and look. Now, some states, like uh, the state of Washington, I believe, they don't have any of that. They don't even have nothing about it. Therefore, you stand underneath. You know, was I under? You know, all you have. It's going to be about a two-minute drill in court. Was I driving a vehicle? Well, no. You know, oh, and here, Your Honor, uh, here's the, you know, the the uh, your law book or dictionary that states what an automobile is and what a vehicle is. Very interesting. Don, thanks for the uh, the uh, the expertise. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. So, very interesting. And I don't know if I agree with him. There is information about this online, and those definitions can be found, and many state laws are fully, uh, fully transcribed online for you to look through if that's something that you want to do. But, you know, the reality is, unless you know all the secret magic words, you don't stand a chance. And secondly, even if you know the secret magic words, you might not stand a chance anyway because it might not work. They might not care. They're the ones with the guns, and they can put you in a jail cell if they want to, if they don't like what you have to say. So, you know, it's it's interesting. It's fascinating. How practical is it? I, I don't know. We, that's why we need video. Well, not only do we need video, but what we really need is people practicing what Lauren Canario is doing, and that is refusing to participate in the system, we need four, uh, 40 more Lauren Canarios. We need a whole bunch of Lauren Canarios driving around safely, driving around safely, with insurance, without government papers, refusing to show government papers. And then it should get really interesting as far as what happens. I can't predict what would happen, but it sure would be interesting. Me either. 800-259-9231. What happens to the system when people stop participating in it? People stop validating it with their participation. We'd love to hear from you. 800-259-9231. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. Say CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features on the site for free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both for free, on our site, freetalklive.com. So enjoy those on us. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. And by the way, one of the we've been talking all uh, through the show, the, throughout the entire show, about the actions of one Free State Project member, Lauren Canario, who moved here, and she's a civil disobedience superstar activist. Uh, she's my personal hero. 
I'm looking forward to having her back on the show to talk about her her prison, recent uh, jail experience, as we normally do when she gets out of jail. But I, I don't want to make it sound like the Free State Project is a whole bunch of civil disobedience activists. It's not. No, it's, no, it's not. The civil disobedience activists can be counted on one hand. Uh, and whereas most of the people moving as part of the Free State Project are uh, more traditional activists, shall we say, um, sort of approaching things from a political perspective, forming organizations, getting out there and doing protests and doing uh, political activism, lobbying people. Getting elected. Getting elected as well. Uh, in fact, our very own Julia, who isn't here tonight, uh, she's normally on the show with us on Friday nights, my girlfriend. She's actually, the reason she's not here is because she's out doing the political thing. Mm-hmm. She's out being interviewed right now on the local TV station. Uh, she's on two shows tonight. She's going to be on a re- local radio show tomorrow morning because she's running for city council. And she's doing a fine job at it as well. So there's there's all kinds of different areas of activism for people to get involved in here in New Hampshire. But the critical and the most key component is is to get active, to do something, something more than just going to vote. Maybe writing letters to the editor, maybe something behind the scenes on a website, maybe going out and protesting or maybe doing politics or civil disobedience or whatever works for you. Whatever fits for your talents, your personality, and your life is what you should do if you're going to join us with the Free State Project. Anyway, I just wanted to clarify that. So, 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Jody in Nova Scotia. You're on Free Talk Live. Jody. How you doing, guys? Hey, hey what's man. on your mind? Oh, not too much. Um, just one thing, Ian, uh, did you ever think you'd be ever going out with a politician? <laughs> well, I mean, going out with, I don't know what that really means. Yeah. Living with? <laughs> Living with, yeah. Look, she's very reluctant. Uh, she does not, and I'm sure if she were here, she would be saying this, so I am speaking for her to some extent, but uh, she she really doesn't want to be doing this. She really doesn't want to. But you've got to um, get into politics because the politicians will get into everything else that they can get into. They sure are, and they sure will. Um, so she's she's not interested in it. She doesn't want to do it, but she does understand that it's important and that she's the only person. We've had, we've had a handful of people, maybe 20 or so people, move to this area, and no one else was really willing to do this yet. So she's really the only free stater in the western, uh, southwestern corner of New Hampshire that was willing to take on this challenge, and uh, really it, she deserves a lot of credit for it because she has sort of a naturally shy personality. You might have noticed that from... the when she's on the air with us, she's she's definitely coming out of her shell as far as participating on this show is concerned. But, you know, for, for somebody with a uh, introverted or, sh- or shy personality, it's very difficult to go and be interviewed on a TV show or mm-hmm. walk around from house to house, uh, knocking on people's doors, uh, that sort of thing. So it's really, I think it's going to be quite a growing experience for her. And then two years down the line in 2009, whether or not she wins or not, uh, she'll be much more practiced at this, and she'll be very good at it. So I'm, I'm actually very, very proud of her, and I don't consider her a politician at all. Because, yeah. such, she signed the small government pledge, which says she'll vote small government every issue, every time, no excuses. Uh, and no other candidate in Keene, New Hampshire, has been willing to sign that pledge. So she's, she's not a politician like any other politician. She's amazing. Well, person. cool. I, I, I agree. <laughs> um, she was uh, thinking about changing... Uh, Stop signs to yield signs too. Not all or of was the, the not all of the stop signs. The idea is that if you've got a four-way stop, for instance, that one of those roads is probably the primary road with the majority of traffic. So you let that um, that road have no stop signs, so they can just go. And then the other sides would be yield signs. So yes, uh, ch- changing stop signs to yield signs. How do you feel about it? Well, I just 
I, I think uh, probably just changing the rule for stop signs might be cheaper to do. Oh, I agree. In fact, that was obviously the first issue that came up when we were talking about it. Well, well how do you fund this? And, well, there's two ways I think you could do it. You could maybe uh, have people just sort of collect money so they could change the signs themselves. Or you can change the rules, certainly. That's the easiest and fastest way to do it. Uh, but people that are new to town won't know what those, those rules are, obviously. Well, so eventually, but if they're not nice getting tickets for it. That's true. But eventually it would be nice to change it. I mean, they are wasting their brakes if, if they are stopping when they don't have to and wasting gasoline as well. So, uh, so it would be nice to change them. And to that end, if indeed you are cutting government programs, let's say she gets in and we also elect another nine or ten other uh, liberty-minded people, which would be nice. That's what we want to do in 2009, by the way. Uh, so let's say we're successful at it. We can actually uh, make these changes. If we cut the schools out, for instance, and we marketize the schools, there goes 60% of the entire government budget. I think we could take 10% of that amount for one year and switch out the yield signs with that. You're still you're still reducing the size of government, and you're just using some of the, the leftover funds to make those changes. I don't think that that's unreasonable. I think you could probably uh, just do it sign by sign or something like that, uh, not make it all over at first, but just sure. when you gather the, the money uh, voluntarily, uh, the people can just go and actually change it, I guess with a little bit of coordination, not just a bunch of people changing signs for the hell of it. Well, but. now, the pu- the Public Works Department probably isn't going to be one of the first government programs to uh, to be marketized. We're probably going to focus other areas first. So these go- gov- government workers are being paid a salary. They're being paid to show up and do something. We might as well have them go pull some stop signs out of the ground, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, actually, uh, there was a number of things that I was going to call about, but one that I, I kind of thought was uh, a little bit funny um, I just had a oh congratulations Mark on uh, the pregnancy. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I just had a uh, young one not so long ago, and uh, it was uh, a little bit strange. I I went to the hospital for everything, and um, she was giving birth, and not um, I after she gave birth and everything was cool. I thought I'd go outside for a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went down into the parking lot, and I noticed that all the signs are no smoking in the parking lot. And mm. so, anyway, I was going to go smoke in my vehicle. and, and Which is uh, in the parking said, lot. <laughs> yeah, which they said, uh, that includes your vehicle. Jeez. And so I, the first few ones I kind of hid behind my vehicle and smoked. <laughs> and then I noticed that there was a bunch of people in, in one area. And a couple of patients uh, were actually uh, off the hospital lot. And what runs behind the hospital is uh, the train goes by there. Mm-hmm. And so up on the train tracks, on the hill's like 15 feet high, up on the train tracks is a person uh, in crutches smoking. Good Lord. That doesn't seem necessary. <laughs> well, what, what had happened is uh, I've, I've seen one of the people that actually works there. They were... Uh, smoking in, uh, in an area in the back corner. Hmm. And so I went to smoke with him, and I was chatting him up, and I said, you know, uh, I thought you weren't allowed to smoke here. And uh, he says, well, yeah, that used to be the case, but um, we had to actually uh, put a location here because we're having patients coming back in with broken limbs. Oh, my gosh. Don, thanks. Oh, thank you for the, the call. We appreciate the story. Canadian healthcare has gone a little too far. On the way. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show,
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The wiki's there. Over 1,400 pages await you, and you can edit them. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Add to it, take from it, whatever you want to do. It's free. WIKI.freetalklive.com. Wiki. FreeTalkLive.com, and now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. As we continue with the phone calls, talk to Brett in Massachusetts. Brett, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How you guys doing tonight? Great. What's on your mind, sir? No, I was catching up on podcasts from last week. Excellent run of shows, by the way. Thank you. Um, all through last week. And you guys were having a conversation maybe last Friday about school vouchers. Yes. And there was there was sort of a split um, between the three of you. Mark and Julia were sort of saying it would be a step in the right direction, and you were on the other side of that. I'm glad you brought this back up. I've been thinking about it for the last week. <laughs> well, well, I just wanted to. I, I was just listening to this today, and, and vouchers would, as a teacher, not in the public school, but vouchers would exacerbate the, the situation, um, something horrible. You are a private school teacher? Yes. Okay. Now, well, not even that? anymore. I, I mentioned once before when I called that I had actually left private school because you could feel the, the hands of the state reaching into that, too. So why is it, as a teacher, you say that uh, vouchers are a bad idea? Well, just from, from looking at the, at the whole thing, the things you said about how it, it creates a new bureaucracy and that creates all kinds of problems are true. But the other, one of the things that kept me away from private school was I was, I was very nervous about unions mm-hmm. and the power of unions. And if the unions were jeopardized, considering how, considering how powerful they, they are, they would probably use all of their power to say, well, you know, if we're going to start handing out money all over the place like this, everybody needs to fall under the same set of standards. So okay. they, would, they would try to pull everything under their grasp and maybe ultimately resulting in some kind of, uh, this is a stretch, but every teacher would need to, to be unionized. unionized and every teacher would need to adhere to the same set of right, standards. Right, which is probably one of the reasons why it's nice to be a private school owner because you don't have to go through this teacher's union nonsense and so you're concerned that they would uh, unionize all private school teachers. Well, there's that, and then the other part of it, too, is that these, I mean, I don't have a problem with the idea of unions, but when it's a public employee union, they... They, they, they literally thinking, hold your wallet at, uh, at stake there. I mean, your exactly, wallet's held Exactly, but the other thing is, too, I mean, when you think about how unions start, have started in this country, and there might have been some, some abuse of power in, in private industry, not sure. to the extent that that it's 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 talked about with um, in, in, you know a hundred years ago but the idea was that it would leverage the power of the workers against the management mm-hmm. but in a public employee union couldn't you argue that the management is 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 the people is the taxpayers you could so, so it's a leverage against the the people paying taxes that's correct 
And in fact, and many of these unions are able to use tax dollars to help promote more uh, funding more for schools. More union crap. Yeah. Well, here's here's the trick. The, the the what they thrive on, and I realized this as I was training to be a public school teacher. They completely thrive on mediocrity, in the sense that they want to convince um, everyone else that a job currently being done by eight people requires fifteen people, which means right. seven more people ultimately paying union dues. Mm-hmm. So so this is like the doorway that that school vouchers go into. I think this was originally proposed by, uh, I forget his name, Friedman, same guy, same guy who invented uh, income tax withholding. Oh, dear. What a mess. So, Isn't that Milton Friedman or is that Murray Rothbard? Milton, Milton Friedman, yep. yeah. It was, yeah, Friedman's the one that uh, died recently, right? Yeah. Now, yeah, now here's he my question the, to that. Is, um, I, I wanted you to get everything out that you had to say before I asked you any questions. Now, don't, but competition works even when unions are in place. Um, and we would, I would have the option of sending my little bundle of joy off to uh, several, um, you know, mini schools. And even if they were, like you said, they'd, they'd push to get them all unionized or uh, you know, the worst case scenario that you painted there. Even if that happened, there would still be competition in that the best school would get the parents wanting to go to that school and, and there would be profit involved in the sense that uh, they're private. A great deal of them would be private educations. Likely, parents wouldn't want to send them their kids to public education. So I think that the market would have a, would have more effect on the Education and uh, ed- education that it currently does. You would think, but you'd be wrong. And why is well, that? Well, I would. I mean, I have plenty of faith in the market too. But what makes you think that the the power of the unions isn't so pervasive that they eventually could? I mean, people always talk about you know how much money corporations and and uh, private interests are giving to to politicians. But I'd like six out of the top ten contributors to to political campaigns are, are unions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and they it- are incredibly incredibly powerful. Right. I'd be very and, concerned, first of all, not just from the union perspective, I think your points on that are very good, but Mark's bringing up this point about competition, and I think one of the ways that either the union or whoever it is that, that's pulling the strings as far as curriculum is concerned, and I'm sure the union has uh, a big role to play in that, um, when you've got these government, this government money going to private schools, strings will be attached and many of those strings can be curriculum agenda they can literally tell the private school well if you're going to take these this money then you cannot teach this and you must teach this and if all of the schools that are taking the money have to teach the government approved curriculum then there's really not that much more competition anymore and in no, fact there isn't. and that was exactly that was exactly what was happening 2 years ago when i left private school um, I work totally private now, just tutoring families in the, in the Massachusetts area. Mm-hmm. But you could feel the the state uh, inspectors. Um, you could feel their presence. And we had, you know, we had the, I, this was in Vermont, and we had the Vermont state standards, and we were expected to adhere to them. And I taught history, and, you know, the, the, what the appeal of a private school was for a history teacher is that you could actually teach history, and you wouldn't have to follow, you know, uh, a, a checklist right. with the state logo. The, the government-approved curriculum, which is this one-size-fits-all nonsense that we're trying to get away from. Having vouchers will make it so private schools, which could innovate, which could have unique uh, teaching curriculums, which would allow their teachers to create their own curriculum instead of, like you're saying, following by the book, you're ruining that freedom for the private schools with vouchers. So uh, I've got a question for both of you. Um, you both get okay. to answer. Now, um, you're sitting in the uh, the voting booth. You will, in fact, 
to be the deciding vote in your particular community as to whether or not you go from the current system. You have the choice of the current system or the voucher system. I won't vote. What's your choice? No voting. Cyanide. <laughs> Brett, thanks for the call. We appreciate yeah. it. 800-259-9231. That's from an actual teacher. Now, beyond what Brett has to say, let's look at the studies. According to LouRockwell.com, Chile began its experiment in vouchers over 20 years ago. And the authors of the study called When Schools Compete, How Do They Compete? An assessment of Chile's nationwide school voucher program. Again, for 20 years this has been going on. The authors of the study found, quote, no evidence that choice improved average education educational outcomes as measured by test scores, repetition rates, and years of schooling. In addition, Mark, you may recall that we had uh, an, uh, we had a gentleman on the show from the Alliance for Separation of School and State. Mm-hmm. Marshall Fritz is the president of the Alliance for Separation of School and State, and he has a few things to say, as you might imagine, about vouchers. And uh, he says at LouRockwell.com, conservatives and libertarians have been playing Br'er Fox to the liberals' Br'er Rabbit, and the Supreme Fox has just given permission to throw the liberals into the Briar Patch. The Briar Patch is the liberals' favorite home, a.k.a. more big government and less self-reliance. Vouchers will harm education in four ways. Number one, vouchers come with strings attached. These soon become chains. Every business serves its customers. Government will write the check even if the parents get to deliver it. So therefore, the business will be serving the government and its rules, not what the parents are actually looking for. Number two, vouchers expand dependency to self-reliant families now paying for private schooling. These new recipients of other people's money will be weakened, as all are, are, as are all welfare recipients. Two more reasons on the way here, and more thoughts on... Government schools versus private schools versus vouchers. Is it really a step in the right direction? My argument is no. It's just a step. It's just rearranging the deck chairs of the Titanic. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and shop at Amazon. But through our link. You have to start your shopping experience here. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Just punch that into your browser and then shop. Buy whatever you need. And there are 41 categories of products. Buy it used if you want to. We get a percentage of your sale if you purchase through Amazon.freetalklive.com. And it's a great way to help support Free Talk Live and get the shopping done that you need to do. You're going to have to buy stuff to live. Might as well buy it through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. That's, once again, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Talking vouchers and why it is they're just an awful, awful idea. Uh, They sound good on the face. And the concept behind vouchers is that, in case you've never heard of this, uh, the idea is... For school vouchers. Right, school vouchers is that, well, government schools, they aren't competitive enough, so what we're going to do is we're going to cut checks to parents, and they can take those checks and take them to whatever school they want to. And that'll help because then schools will compete better, and the government schools will have to compete to some extent to not lose the students, and parents and kids kids will get better educations. That's what the selling point is. Mm -hmm. 
But according to Marshall Fritz at LouRockwell.com, Marshall Fritz, who is the president of the Alliance for Separation of School and State, and also according to a 20-year study done on Chile's voucher system, it just doesn't come out that way. Uh, the number one reason is vouchers come with strings attached, uh, which, as Marshall points out, soon become chains. You either, if you're a private school and you want to accept the vouchers, you then become the government's bitch. You have to do what they want you to do. You have to implement the curriculum they want you to implement. You might even have to carry the brand of milk that they want you to carry in the cafeteria. It really could be that micromanaged. So, number two, uh, vouchers expand dependency. We already know that in America we have a tremendous problem with the entitlement mentality. The idea that people believe that they're entitled to certain things from the government, and once you get on a welfare check, then that, enti- that mentality gets much worse. And it, it, it's true for whether it's for corporations, business, uh, people, or schools, I would imagine. And so he's pointing out that this will expand that entitlement mentality to, you know, self-reliant families that were already paying for schooling to some extent. They're going to start getting a check from the government, and that's not a good thing. Number three, vouchers blindfold or hamstring the private school admissions office, resulting in the number of troublemakers gradually increasing to unmanageable proportions. So one of the nice things about running a private school is, again, you aren't subject to all the government regulations. So if someone is a troublemaker, you aren't obligated to keep them there. Out they go. Yeah, you can kick them out. If they don't change their behavior, you say, sorry, don't want your business anymore. You're disrupt- disrupting our school. Goodbye. Marshall is pointing out that that might not happen in the case of vouchers, where the voucher says you have to take this kid. If you want our money, you have to take these kids, no questions asked. Number four, vouchers prevent cost breakthroughs. Who's going to invent a high-quality $2,000 a year school if the voucher is worth 4000 In fact, vouchers will just raise the cost of schooling, just as government involvement has done in health care. These four factors will change the culture of private schools. Indeed, today's voucher promoters won't enjoy the choice that they're left with because tomorrow's private schools will be government school lookalikes, albeit run by private operators. Do conservatives prefer uh, prefer Mussoliniism to conventional socialism just because it allows for private ownership? Let's learn from history of government involvement in health care. Today's conservatives and libertarians aren't happy with the high degree of government involvement in health care. But almost 50 years ago, how many conservatives fought against small federal subsidies to private hospitals under Hill Burton? Not enough, that's for sure. But from that little nose under the tent, the government camel has driven prudence and self-reliance out of medicine. Tax subsidies to medicine have driven costs upward and quite naturally driven the demand for more other people's money, or he calls it OPM. Witness grandparents wanting to mulk their children, grandchildren, so they can exercise their right to free and cheap uh, pharmaceuticals. Tax-funded school vouchers are the same type. What was that? Uh, Grandparents doing what to their grandchildren? Mulked, I believe, to extract from uh, money. Mulked, M-U-L-C-T. I'm not positive on that, but I believe that means uh, to extract from. Not familiar with that word. Punch it up in the dictionary if you like. I will do so. Uh, To mulk from their grandchildren so they can get their free pharmaceuticals. Tax-funded school vouchers are the same type of big, subtle mistake. I'll admit, I was snookered, too, by the talk of choice, until Professor Dwight Lee unmasked the liberal Br'er Rabbit ploy in the 1986 Freeman magazine. Quote, If the move to purely private schools begins to accelerate, the public school lobby can and surely will protect its privileged position by embracing educational vouchers. As strange as it will sound to advocates of vouchers, if the voucher approach to education ever becomes a serious political possibility, it will be as a means of reducing competition in education, not increasing it. Do you find the definition? Swindle. 
Swindle. In blunt speak, the left is going to implement the voucher, not the right. Lee's insight was confirmed by Marshall Smith, the dean of the Stanford Graduate School of Education. He wrote in Educationese the game plan for the left in politics of Education Association yearbook in 1990. Again, this is one of the inside the system guys. This is what he wrote. Quote, mm-hmm. We do suggest that this strategy could provide a structured environment to help control many of the negative aspects and even enhance the positive aspects of a full-choice model. The state curriculum frameworks would establish a protective structure that would help ensure that all schools were attempting to provide challenging and progressive curriculum. You can read that as what we say they should provide. Yeah. The teacher training reforms and the stimulations of curriculum materials by the state would help make high-quality resources available to all the schools. Are private schools having trouble getting high-quality um, teaching resources? No, they, they generally they uh, educate kids better than yeah, the government schools do. They do, but he's saying that they need state curriculum in order to be high-quality. Perhaps of most importance, however, the state examinations based on the curriculum frameworks would provide valid data about student outcomes to help parents and students make their choice among schools, unquote. So what happens next? Unless they come to their senses, conservatives and libertarians will help liberals implement vouchers state by state. Most private and religious schools will have to take the voucher because if they don't, they'll lose their customers to the new school down the street that is willing to take the vouchers. Right. I can see that. Only a few schools catering to the rich or the stubborn will continue without government aid. Look at the colleges. The GI Bill, Pell Grants, and government-backed loans have made sure there's no difference between Notre Dame and Michigan State. They both serve their customer, the state. By the way, I've heard plenty of conservatives and libertarians talk about eternal vigilance. Well, I think that there's better and worse uh, universities, but I must say that I... That ain't saying much. I've been, I'm convinced by this article. The, the universities are socialist indoctrination centers, more so, more so than high schools are. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, But he says he's heard plenty of conservatives and libertarians talk about eternal vigilance to protect the private schools. But the complete absence of outcry in the last several years about Milwaukee and Cleveland state controls on admissions has convinced me we cannot trust these silent watchdogs. When it comes to vouchers, they see no ev- evil, hear no evil, and certainly speak no evil. Some think tax credits are better than vouchers. They appear safer because they might postpone government controls, but ultimately they're only camouflaged vouchers. The Arizona plan of a tax credit for money given to private scholarship foundations is particularly pernicious because of its deceit. It's merely a money laundering scheme to make edu-welfare look like voluntary contributions. Charter schools are just public schools on a longer leash. A dog on a long leash is still a dog on a leash. In summary, vouchers, tax credits, and charter schools all include the essence de socialism, coercive wealth transfer, and intense government direction. There's no way to get good education based on coercion. Let's stop trying. Let's separate school and state. And then he uh, promotes his website, which is sepschool.org. Uh, once again, sepschool.org, the Alliance for Separation of School and State. We'd love to hear what you think on vouchers, education, freedom, government control of schools. My mic is uh, having some trouble here, apparently. Let's go to the Gord Captain in Ohio. Gord Captain, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey. Hey, what's on your mind? First off, just a short digression. Um, I believe there's this entire thing with Mark getting it, taking his shirt off or something like that. Yeah, there's, there's uh-huh. something about that. Um. Now, personally, I'm not interested in that, you know, heterosexual male and all that. Oh, yeah, you had to tell us. Go ahead. But um, the question is, is there anything we can donate our money for to 
about like you know, do anything or something. I mean, not anything other than that. I'm not trying to be rude or anything. You know, we should get the exact same amount. But you know, can we get pictures of that for a thousand dollars, or is the price higher? I don't know what is that. Are you talking about like more explicit photos? No, I mean just you know, just have her shirt off. I mean, she can have a bra on or something. You're talking but, about you know, Julia. You're yes, talking about Julia. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You have to talk to her about that. She's not on the show tonight. So yeah, I, I thought she was on Friday, but anyway, she was. She's out doing interviews for her campaign tonight. So okay, the other thing is, so I'd bring up one of the more questionable public school things that's been going on in my particular public school, Granville High School in Granville, Ohio. What about it? You see, once a quarter there's an alternative day. What's that mean? So alternative to what? Normal school day. Okay. You see, it was supposedly initially started to relieve stress after a student committed suicide a couple years ago. Hmm. I'd like you to tell us more about it in hour number three. If you'll hang on, the Gord uh-huh. Captain, we will bring you back and find out more about Alternative Day. What government brilliance is this? <laughs> we'll find out and uh, talk to you about whatever's on your mind. Also, still to come, we have to talk about the six ways you can become a millionaire. Eh, I don't know. We'll see what those are all about. I'm curious. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching an hour number three of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Still to come, if we get a chance. We'll talk about some ways you can help yourself uh, get a lot wealthier. Which, who doesn't want that? But first, we continue with the phone calls. I talked to the Gord Captain in Ohio. Now, Gord Captain, you uh, apparently go to a government-run high school. Yes, And you were about to tell us about this Alternatives Day that they instituted at your high school, or Alternative Day, uh, in response to one of your fellow classmates killing himself, uh, allegedly because he was too stressed out, right? Yeah, it turned out he had, he pretty much had a horrible home life. But anyway, um, there's one of them every quarter, and you see one, the regular teachers, except for maybe one or two, don't show up to work that day. Mm-hmm. Instead... Usually we have to go to a bunch of lectures given ahead of, that we get to pick from ahead of time. Well, actually, we just get to pick a list, pick your the ones you want to go to, and they completely ignore it and send you somewhere else. But hey, huh? Okay. Well, let me give you an example of the kind of relaxing stuff they they gave us. The, the first one, which was last quarter. All right. The dangers of drug addiction. Oh boy. Yeah, about half the classes were about were anti drugs. Huh. The other half were about. Um, how to be safe while playing sports. <laughs> wow. So, parents, this is what your kids are getting in uh, in government schools today. This is how they're spending uh, some of their time, I guess. Uh, this and, is know, the curriculum. Anyway, you know, then, you know, we have lunch where we get the world's worst hamburgers and, and bratwurst. I believe they actually paint the grill lines on the hamburgers. <laughs> and the bratwurst are pink on the outside and the inside. That's a little disturbing. Ooh. Anyway, then, you know, they pretty much... Either one, ship us off somewhere to play a game. <laughs> For those of us who don't like organized sports, again, I just pretty much opt to do bowling every time. Really? Anyway, so then you know, that's pretty much it. Anyway, every time there's one of these held, roughly uh, out of 800 students at the school, roughly 150 don't show up. Sure, why bother? 
And, of course, my mom, who te- who tends to go to these meetings and sometimes monkey wrench them a bit to try to get the stuff they're trying to get through not happening, mm-hmm. told the um, the school principal this. Guess what his br- brilliant response was? That's only 5% of the students. Yeah, that's a little bit more than 5%. Yeah, one has to wonder about that. And, of course, upon telling this to me, she said, one wonders what school he graduated from, and it must be where he gets all his brilliant ideas from. Yeah, you don't have to be uh, too smart to be a government bureaucrat or an administrative government bureaucrat. So just a, a very interesting story, this sort of alternative, the idea that you need to keep telling high school kids to not do drugs. Look, the D.A.R.E. program either worked when they were in fifth grade or it didn't. By the time they're in high school, uh, you know, at least halfway through high school, they've been given the opportunity. I'd like to see some alternatives in education. I think you could teach kids some valuable stuff in one day in a lecture format. I think there's some usefulness to that, but if those are the only um, choices. Doesn't sound too stimulating. Thanks for the call, Gord Captain. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Always interested in hearing what's going on on the inside of government schools. I haven't been in there for a decade, so I don't know what it's like today. You know, it it gets worse. It progressively <laughs> seems to get worse and worse. It's true. I mean, you know, they're they're indoctrinating the kids younger and younger. I I love this whole thing where they uh, you know, take all the kids' school supplies and put them all together and then share. Oh gosh. That goes on in uh, that usually goes on in like kindergarten, right? Yeah. It, we'll get them started early, you a know. Little early communist lesson. Um, hey, quick update on the Lauren Canario situation. I had said that you you could send books to her, but apparently the specification is that you must send books from a publisher or from a distributor. Makes sense. Now, the reason for that is so they can't like slip little tabs of acid in between the uh, Whatever, yeah. paper acid between the pages. So if you cannot send her one of your personal collection books, it has to come from you know Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Can't imagine who would want to do LSD in an isolation cell in the county jail. I don't know, man. You don't have anything else to do. <laughs> and, and paranoia wouldn't set in or anything. What, I mean, what's to be paranoid of? You've already been arrested. Yeah, well, that's what you, that's what you think sitting here. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, continue with the phone calls. Jorge in Sarasota. You're on Free Talk Live. Jorge. <laughs> we uh, we understand. Hey. Hello. hello, hey. hello what's hello, happening? Hello, what's going on? How are you, Jorge? The oh, long man. time. I was just trying to. Stay awake listening to the Bore Master. He's very boring. But... The Bore Master. <laughs> Wait, which one's the Bore Master? Oh, the, the, the board master, the guy who just called. Oh, the board captain. His name, the board master. <laughs> he's, he's very boring. I thought but, you were calling uh, one of man, us the board master. You guys again, man. I like it. Yeah, how's everything down there in uh, sunny Sarasota? Ah, oh, it's going fantastic, man. That's what are you great. doing these days? Are you working? Ah, oh, no, I'm not working. I uh, like to smoke the medical grass, uh, lay around. <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> <wait> <laughs> doctor. They don't have medical I mean, grass. I've been listening to you guys <laughs> every day, every single day. No, you're the not. last three days, I've been listening to you guys every single day. Really? What did we talk about yeah. yesterday? The illegal immigration. You're That's right. why I tried to call you guys yesterday, but I cannot get in. What do you have to say <laughs> about Are you? Do you want to comment on the immigration issue? Oh, yes. I, I thought I had a lot to uh, add to the conversation because I, I am an illegal immigrant. Are you? So I was going to throw my two things. Where, where did you immigrate from? Uh, Mexico. Mexico, okay. The, okay. The, the center of Mexico. What I did is I dug a hole in the ground, and uh, I made a tunnel to the United States. <laughs> yeah. From the center of Mexico, huh? That's a yes. lot of work. Did, did yes, you go, did you go the, where in the United States? Did you go into California, or did you come all the way into Florida? I mean, where, where <laughs> no, did no, I, all the way to uh, Idaho. <laughs> yes. It was a very long tunnel. It is still there. I was going to say, of course it's you still there. They weren't expecting that. Anybody. 
I mean, they're only looking. Who would have the... expected them to dig, dig? Expected you to dig a tunnel all the way from the middle of right. Mexico to Idaho? Now, did you actually have yeah. any assistance with this, or were you at it all by yourself? It's a lot of magical grass. <laughs> Isn't it magical for a reason, Ian? I guess Very that magical. explains. I guess that explains yeah. where you've been for the past year, because I don't think we've heard from you in quite a while. You've been digging. Well, I, I thought I'd check in every uh, year or so. Yeah. But uh, I, I like you guys. I like to listen to you guys. <laughs> I just uh, got the what did they call the uh, portable radio box? Uh, the MP, <laughs> MP. What did they call it? MP3 player. Yeah, MP3 player. You guys heard of this? Yes, this yes, yes, I have. What I do is, uh, I do not know if you guys knew this, but uh, you can uh, download your show, and uh, the podcast, and you put it on the uh, portable radio box, and you can listen. Maybe you That's can send us some instructions on how to you do sh- that, Jorge. You sure can. And, you know, Jorge has been a long-time listener of the program. <laughs> yeah, he, he's been uh, there for a long time. He used to listen to the show back in the day when we were on just one radio transmitter and a little AM station yeah, down the, in the Florida. Radio box. I think yeah. you might have been our only listener back then, Jorge. <laughs> yes, sir. It may be possible. Uh, yeah. Hey, good hearing from you, man. Call us again sometime. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call and enjoy the grass. 800-259-9231. Now, that's a good, that's a good character. Yeah. We've had these just absolutely pathetic crank calls as of recently, and they don't even, I mean, it's like they're not even trying. They're just so bad. It's just, you know, little teenage kids getting on the air so they can, you know, drop an F-bomb or something like that. That's not a crank. That's just a bad call. Now that, on the other hand, was creative. Yeah. He had an accent. He, uh, you know, had a story to tell. He had something amusing to talk about. Right. He was obviously obviously pulling our leg. Who would imagine digging a hole from the center of Mexico <laughs> to Idaho? I mean, maybe Texas or something. But, you know, he's obviously pulling our leg, and we didn't hang up on him. No. In, f- in fact, we'll, we'll take it to the very end, to the bitter end. <laughs> Because I like that stuff. Anyway, 800-259-9231. We like it when you get creative. 1-800, and we like it when you call in about what you want. And that's the point of the show. So it doesn't matter. If you want to talk something serious, then talk about something serious. If you want to talk about donuts, as we discussed a few weeks ago, we'll talk donuts. I had, uh, and I didn't have donuts today, but I did go to a little donut shop because we're boycotting Dunkin' Donuts, right? And you know about this, yes? Uh, Dunkin' yeah, Donuts. I, I recall you having told me something about Dunkin' Donuts is one of the thousands of American companies that has signed on board to the government employment verification system program voluntarily. So they're helping test this system where if you go and try and get a job at Dunkin' Donuts, they take your information and check you against a government database to find out if you're illegal or not. Now, is this corporate stores or all franchises? It is a corporate rule, I believe, that is applied to all franchise owners. So it's happening everywhere, and it's awful. It's intrusive. It's unnecessary. And I'm boycotting them. So I went to an uh, independently owned donut store today, and darn tasty. Anyway. Take your business elsewhere. 800-259-9231. There are plenty of places to get donuts besides Dunkin' Donuts. You can bring up... Not in Keen. Whatever you want. There's still grocery stores and stuff. What's old? Yuck. Not old. They make them fresh every morning. All right. More on the way. You take control. How to get really wealthy. Millionaire style. Come up. Three Talk Live. Talk Live, you can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, Staples CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Archives are there, entire year's worth of the show, front page, downloadable for free. Just click. There's no logging in, there's no membership fees, you don't have to look at ads. It's all on the house. 
free at freetalklive.com. And your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. Now, last night we said we were going to talk about six ways that you can possibly become a millionaire. And this this isn't a scam, right, Mark? It's not like, you know, join a pyramid, cut checks to people. That That'd be fun. What are we looking at here? Just send your money to the AMP program. Not and we'll work. do a little Ponzi scheme. Yeah, no. All right. Become a millionaire. Start saving in your youth. It's excellent advice. Uh, from Jay McDonald at uh, Bankrate.com. Being young and financially irresponsible is great fun, but being old and broke stinks. Mm. Still, that doesn't mean you, that you have to become a uh, shut-in and put every spare cent into your retirement plan. Tuck it away a little bit on a regular basis, and you can uh, party when you're 19 and 99. The turbulent 20s, that sometimes pleasurable, often painful transition from carefree adolescence to responsible adulthood, is admittedly a difficult time for anyone to focus on saving for retirement. It's tough to start talking, uh, taking too many, uh, excuse me, talking too many numbers with young people, because a lot of them, uh, they're just overwhelmed. It's their first job, their first real paycheck, their first apartment, their first time dealing with health insurance," said Derek. Avdol, the uh, financial consultant, author of Real Life 101, The Workbook. Right. I mean, the fact that there has to be a workbook for this is amazing. You know, if young people were actually able to enter the workforce at a younger age and and start becoming more responsible earlier, I think we'd have less problems with this. But nonetheless, it's always good to have common sense because it's just not taught in government schools. When you have all these variables going on and they're trying to be grown-ups, retirement just takes a back burner for a lot of them. I, I know that it did... Uh, for me for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Saving a little bit each month for the uh, time when you're, uh, when you, um, from the time that you're young doesn't require great sacrifice, yet it can make the difference between prosperity and poverty in the second half of your life. Right. You don't have to put 50% of your paycheck away. Mm-hmm. You don't. You, you, you'll, you'll, you know, putting 10% is what they say to put, uh, mm-hmm. put away, but shoot, if you put 5% away, you'll be doing more than most people are. You should do whatever is, is you're able to do. Oh, um, that, I think that's, a, I think that's sh- an escape route. Shoot for 10%, but uh, try to do 20 if you can. I'm saying you, you need to do something. I'm not saying don't do, I'm not saying a dollar a month. I'm saying you need to shoot for 10% and hopefully go higher than that, if possible. Put the retirement front and center. Cut the financial umbilical cord. Make affordable sacrifices. Um, there's you know, different sections here. Uh, the reason the parents' generation continues to harp on it, with the best of intentions, of course, is that many of them wish they'd started saving earlier, mm. when they could have made smaller sacrifices and let compound interest do the heavy lifting. And this is really the, the trick, is you know, the longer you're alive, the more time interest has had to accrue. The, the longer you've had money in savings, the more time it's had to accrue. Mm-hmm. You may recall, um, let's see, this is interest that is calculated on the initial principle and accumulates um, interest for all the prior periods. But that sage advice, as sound as it is timeless, still mostly falls on deaf ears. You can't it sure talk- does, with credit, with credit cards all over the place, people getting debt maxed out, school loans. I mean, it's just crazy. You can't talk to them about 30 years from now and how uh, compound interest is going to benefit them because, as we all know, at that age, you know a lot uh, more than anybody older than you and... You're not uh, going to need retirement money because you're going to make it big and you're on your own, says Advold. <laughs> well, um, and it's not even 30 years. It's 40, 45. I mean, if you're talking to a 20-year-old 
person about retirement at 65. You're talking about 45 years later. Mm-hmm. That's a long, long time. My dad actually had me had the conversation with me about compound interest, and I didn't listen. Really? Yep. Well, you know, it just it was so punk. long away. Well, it was a long, long ways off. Hmm. Cut the financial umbilical cord. Unrealistic money expectations are rampant among young what people. What number today. are we on? Oh, I don't know that we have... Uh, they don't have... These aren't numbered? On, okay. But one, essentially. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Unrealistic money expectations are rampant among young people today, according to author Nick, uh, Nicholas... What are, are they expecting? Tess, what's it? What are young people expecting? We'll, we'll go on. Okay. Um, who interviewed hundreds of uh, 20-somethings coast-to-coast for his tough-talking survival guide, No More Ramen. <laughs> ramen noodles. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Why don't they save? The short version is... They never had um, to do it before. Their parents, the baby boomers, and just after, have done very well economically, so they've never had to um, had to budget before. I feel very sad. I feel very sorry for people that had parents that spoiled them, uh, people that, and there are a lot of them out there, young people today, because of what they're saying here, mm-hmm. baby boomers doing well for themselves, so they figure, well, I want to take care of my kids better than I was taken care of, so I'm going to buy them a BMW when they're 16. You know, or, I actually, I, I know a guy who did that. He, um, he spoiled his kid? A ra- radio sales guy, and he said, uh, you know, just as a hoot, he was talking about his kid turning 16, just as a hoot, I bought him a brand new Z3. So oh, my. the kid went to school with a $40,000 Sportster. Just amazing. And then he wrecked it the next week, right? I don't know, but I'm sure that he was showing his friends how fast his little car went. I bet uh, you're right. Sooner or later. Oh, man. I just think that ruins... I I think that's a a big factor in in a lot of young people and what they're expecting as far as money is concerned. Mommy and Daddy never even taught them to save their their allowance. I mean, they bought them... Whether they even gave them allowance, they just bought them stuff and encouraged them to buy things, and parents aren't teaching fiscal responsibility, and this really does start at home. Mm-hmm. The problem is when they're living at home, they take for granted the room and board is free. Transportation, relatively free. There's no better time to save. Yeah, it's true. Most of their expenses are gratis on the parents. So they've got the financial umbilical cord. When they do break out on their own, they find out that everything has an associated cost. Mm-hmm. Man, this is the truth. And it's a really tough concept for them. Uh, they got When they just got done with college and they've um, already to save for retirement. So some of them are frozen in time. They just don't start saving. Oh, my. Well, I mean, it's just, that's that's what happens. I mean, how many people in their 20s are saving for retirement, have put anything away? Me? Yeah, you have, but it's it's rare. (laughs) Make affordable sacrifices. Peg Downey, a a fee-only certified financial planner and partner at uh, Money Plans of Silver Spring, Maryland, says that it only takes a small um, lifestyle adjustment early on, not a major commitment, to get this saving party started. If they just saved what they spend every day, at Starbucks, mm-hmm. they would have a million dollars right there when they retired, she says. It's phenomenal. Slow down. Hold on a second. Are you serious? That's what she a says. A million dollars? Now, if you think about it... You, you a million think, dollars um, when when you retire, Ian, when you're yeah. going to be 65, isn't going to exactly be the, you know, it's not going to be a, a phenomenal amount of money. You'll buy a house with it or something. I mean, <laughs> you know, what... Uh, right, if if you're lucky, you'll right, be able to buy a house. Because of inflation, yeah, if we don't have hyperinflation by then, sure. All right, um, a millionaire today, and, and certainly a millionaire 30 years from now, but a millionaire today is not Thurston Howell III. No. no, you're right. No. Uh, but But... but Besides, inflation aside, it's mm-hmm. still important to do these things. Yes. Um, and and it sounds unbelievable when she says that. When she says if you just change your habits, change one little habit, you can have a million dollars down the line. 
What does the average customer spend at Starbucks? Five bucks? I think it's it, it could be. Uh, well, let's call it three fifty. Three fifty. When I go there, I get a coffee, which is two bucks. If people are and going then, there, don't forget the tip. If people are going there five days a week, they're spending uh, they're spending seventeen bucks a week times fifty two weeks. That's almost a grand a year. That you put that away, and uh, compound interest gets to work on that. More on the way on how to make your life far more wealthy. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a bulletin board system with over a quarter of a million posts. There's a lot of stuff to talk about there. Serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all discussed, and it is all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Perhaps you may own or know someone who has a company that's struggling to collect money owed by past due accounts. Delinquent accounts are problematic. Not only from the standpoint of diminished revenues, but businesses find themselves sidetracked by the arduous task of trying to collect these delinquent accounts. Consequently, valuable time and resources are pulled away from principal operations. SACL CAI liberates businesses from inefficiency and the vexing task of collections. That's SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. Talking about some simple, easy things you can do. And... this article's targeted at young people, but honestly, it's never too late to do these things. Right. The sooner the, the sooner the better. It doesn't matter whether you're 40 or 20. We're talking about things you can do to make yourself more wealthy down the line. You do have to make some small, small sacrifices, but it can reap tremendous rewards 20, 30, 40 years later. Uh, it's an article from, was it Bankrate? Uh, bankrate.com? Hold on just a second. I don't have that. Uh, I don't have it. Anyway, it's, it's good information. They're, they're just now getting into the point that if you just change a few habits, just a few of your habits, you can have a tremendous effect on your finances. And they, they, this, uh, this expert, one of the financial experts, uh, financial planners, pointed out that if you just change your Starbucks habit, for instance, or, you know, you fill in the blank, right, C- cigarette habit, uh, drinking habit, whatever, your, whatever it is that you're doing on a daily basis that costs you three to five bucks, Let's take a look at her example and see how powerful this can be. Right. Well, she claimed a million, but uh, I think she was exaggerating a bit. Anyway, the money, you'll, you'll find out the money isn't anything to sneeze at. Let's say beginning at age 25. Okay. So you get to, and, and I, I think that it's never too soon. I don't care if you're 16, you're starting your first job bagging mm-hmm. groceries. You should, if you're working, you should be, do, you should be putting money away for retirement. Totally. Um, it's, uh, there's no reason to wait till you're 25. Absolutely none at all. But let's say beginning at age 25, you put the equivalent of seven $4 grande lattes a week toward retirement. Okay. So that's setting aside $121 a month. If you invest in a stock mutual fund with annualized returns of Nine percent, not exactly phenomenal returns, but it does sound kind of safe. You're sounds like you're locking yourself into the uh, one of the uh, those uh, accounts that track the Standard and Poor's or whatever. Mm-hmm. You would see twenty three thousand four hundred and fifteen dollars after ten years, eighty thousand after twenty. That's a down payment on a house. Yep, two hundred and twenty one thousand after thirty years, and a half mil when you retire over a half mil at uh, sixty five. Pretty sweet. That's just that's just from changing one habit. Yeah, that's one habit. 
Similarly, you can even add uh, more to your retirement funds if you routinely set aside the price of small purchases. Small trade-offs make for the um, future security. Think of a couple of movie dates a month. Mm-hmm. That'll add up. Right. Now, you know, just forget the, uh, you know, g- going to the new movie, and there's lots and lots of things that you could rent. You get on Blockbuster's little mail-in program or whatever. Netflix has plans as low as five bucks. Do they really? Five bucks a month. I just signed up for it the other day. What how, What do you get for not five bucks? Then? No, it's not much. You get uh, two rentals per month. And two, uh, and you get two hours of online viewing. So essentially, you get three movies for five bucks. What is online viewing? They have this new delivery system where it, they don't actually send you a DVD. You just click on the movie you want to watch, and you watch it online. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Not terribly interested in that, but the two um, the two uh, discs a month would be interesting. That's, I mean, five bucks though. I mean, that's less than the cost of one movie ticket. Absolutely true. <laughs> So um, an occasional manicure or tanning session, I know, like, how much money do you spend a month on manicures and tanning sessions? Zero. Yeah, <laughs> I figured that was the case. <laughs> um, music CDs, these things are just, you know, 15 bucks, 10, 10 to $15 for mm-hmm. each one of them. And, yeah, you know, it's something you can forego. Believe me, I have a lot of uh, CDs sitting at my house, air supply and, you know. How often do you listen? No, th- th- they haven't been unpacked from my move from mm-hmm. Florida over a year ago. Yep. Same thing with me, man. I've got some CDs that I, I sold most of mine to mm-hmm. uh, to a used CD store and got you know a buck a pop or two bucks a pop for mm-hmm. them. But uh, the ones that I still have, I don't listen to. I don't have time for it. A couple of Apple teenies a week. This is for the uh, those over twenty one getting to going to the bars and go, getting the uh, drinks. Women. Pay cl- close attention. Of course, historically, investing in a... Uh, Hold on a second. The bars has to be a huge one with young people in America. Look at people that... I mean, this, the standard thing for young people to do today is to go... And I'm just judging this based on what I see on MySpace, okay? Mm-hmm. That's all I've got because I don't do this. Uh, people go out. They get their paycheck on Friday. Woo! It's the weekend. TGIF. Time to party. And then they go out and they, sp- they spend it. They take their paycheck and they spend it on drinking. Well, now, I'm not saying there's, there's anything inherently wrong with drinking. That's fine. But you'd, you'd be better off drinking at home. If well, you're well, drink. it, it, well, but or there's there's some tricks to this, my friend. Yeah. Is uh, You've seen these little metal flasks that are, uh, you know, maybe they're an inch thick and they're kind of curved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, you, if this is what you wish to do, um, you know, and, and I can't tell you I haven't done this many times, a great way to save money on it is to, you know, fill that up, and then you can have the good vodka at home or whatever. You fill up the flask, mm-hmm. you take it in, you, you buy a soda or you buy one drink, and then you work on your flask of alcohol, which is significantly cheaper buying it from the liquor store. They won't kick you out if you're drinking out of a flask well, in a bar? You're not, it's, it's not like you do it right in front of everybody. <laughs> Are, are you? This is how it's done, my friend. <laughs> okay, I, this is interesting to me. Yep, I don't, yep. I don't live this life, so I don't know it. Well, there you go. Anyway, um, let's see. There's, uh, I want to go on. Women pay close attention. Historically, investing in a stock fund that mimics the index, such as uh, Standard and Poor's 500, has offered a returns of 10 percent. But there's no guarantee that it will continue to do so in the future. Nevertheless, young folks in the best position to weather the storms of volatile markets because they have more time to recoup losses. And this is the, you know, it, it's one of the things that you can do. I think that uh, probably 20% of your um, y- your savings, gold, silver, those kind of things, mm-hmm. I think now's a good time to get into gold and silver, personally. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of investment uh, vehicles you can use. I don't think that uh, you know, necessarily the stock market's the only one you can, um, you know, th- that you should look at. But it does 
historically go up 10%. You know, the percentages are, there are different things you can invest in out there, and that's a whole other conversation, obviously. This isn't an investment show, it's not a business advice show. Even if you weren't getting a return, even if you weren't getting any return, putting some money away is a good thing to do, so you can have that nest egg there, the rainy day money, the emergency money, something you can tap into, should you need to, instead of having to go to the credit card. Right. Putting it in, a, in your sock drawer is probably not the best thing because, you know, over time it becomes less and less valuable. You should well, try or the house vehicle. could catch fire. But <laughs> you, it, it could. Um, and, you know, at that Diversified point, investments is a, is a valuable thing to have. But that's I've not seen some young people that buy silver, and I think that this isn't the worst thing in the world to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it fluctuates its commodity. It's going to be more, worth more. We're going to be worth less. But uh, at the very least, it tends to... You'd be a hedge against inflation. Go ahead. Downey says young women in particular. And the other thing about it is you're sort of collecting. So it's buying something rather than investing. Do you know what I mean? It's difficult to put money away, but it's kind of fun to buy silver. Sure. Downey says that young women in particular need to start socking away the latte cash sooner rather than later. They're going to live longer, and they're going to earn less. And they may need to fund their own retirement, she says. That way, um, the way the jobs work now... You don't stay at one job more than a couple of years, so nobody's going to be building up any kind of pension, even if there was one. Mm-hmm. So uh, the next one is make it, but don't take it. The easiest way to make affordable sacrifices on a regular basis, take the money out of your paycheck before it touches your hand. Get them to open up a savings account. Direct even, deposit. Yeah, even if it's a $20 paycheck, just siphon that off um, until so it so that it automatically goes in there, says uh, Abdul. The first goal is uh, to get them to take it out so that they, so, so that you don't have to think about it. And Downey agrees. It's rare that people actually think uh, to have money taken out of their check automatically every month. It can go in a money market account or a mutual fund. Both of those are good choices. When I say that, people are just amazed. You never, um, you'll never see it. You won't spend it. 800-259-9231. How many more tips are there here, Mark? How much do we have? We've got calls we've got to get to as well, and I want to do it all, but we only have one more segment. 800-259-9231. We can do this later. I want to get to take the calls. Oh, well, I'm definitely going to take the calls. I just wanted to see how long we had left. 800-259-9231. Your calls next. We'll fit them in, and we'll continue uh, the advice perhaps tomorrow night. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Try to sneak you in at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on, uh, online at freetalklive.com. Features for free. Like the show? Then amp up. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. And for as little as 3 bucks a month, you can help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations across the country. Spread the message of freedom and liberty and, in this case, financial responsibility. That's what we're talking. That's what what we have been talking about uh, for a good portion of this hour, and I think it's so important. And that's why we continue to uh, to discuss it occasionally on the show. It's certainly not the main focus of the program, but from time to time we come back to this. And you are a frugal little miser, and you love talking about saving. Why shouldn't I talk about it? It worked for me. Yeah. I want other people to have the. Yeah, uh, it's, it really is. The, a, it's 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 fantastic. The, the freedom that saving your money allows you to have. You don't want to be in debt. Anyway, we can continue this story. You've got, like, what, a fourth more to go, third more, something yeah, like just that? Yeah, I've got a few paragraphs. We can yeah. continue that. We're going to the phones because your calls are primary here. Let's go to Brian on the amplifier line in Colorado. Hello, Brian. Hey, guys. Uh, one thing, I know you're kind of quick here. I had something else to talk about, but listening to you on the phone, uh, there is a very important part of saving. Sure. And that is, that, okay, so you're, 
you know, all these numbers, uh, Mark, that you're giving out, if you, if, you, if you cut out a latte, you're going to have $20,000 in 20 years. You're not, there won't be dollars in 20 years. I mean, you're betting on that. And if you put it in a bank account or even you put it in the stock market. So, so there has to be some part of a portfolio that is in something that you can touch and feel so that when you have a problem, you can trade that for something that is worth, you know, <laughs> worth its weight in lattes. Well, Mark was talking and, about buying silver. Exactly. So, so the, the, the next time uh, any of your listeners, you know, if, if you're working on a savings plan, they need to take that first $99, go down to Staples, and buy a fireproof safe. Take it into their into their closet. You know, bolt it down. There's instructions in there. Yeah. And then you know, take twenty bucks a month or twenty bucks a paycheck or hundred bucks a paycheck, whatever you can afford. Put it into an account, and whenever you get enough money, buy an ounce of gold or buy an ounce of silver. An ounce of silver is fifteen bucks. Right. Silver's a nice starting. Don't, don't, don't. I was just going to say, silver's a good way to start for sure. Go ahead. Yeah, because who has seven hundred and fifty bucks? Well, you know, for an ounce of gold. But just take some silver. Take something that you can touch. And, and don't buy silver stocks. I mean, there, there is a place in your portfolio for silver stocks and gold stocks, stocks once you can afford that. But get it in your hand for 15 bucks, the actual silver, put it in your safe. And then you know that if, 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 if uh, you know, the dollar goes to zero or if, you know, something happens, you can still buy bread tomorrow. And I also like, um, if you're a young person, getting a home relatively quickly. It's a good way to force savings. Um, you know, I recommend a 30-year fixed. Get a cheap, cheap home. Um, you know, it's better to have a, a cheap home that you own in a crappy neighborhood than it is a, a nice home in a, um, in a good neighborhood with, I that you rent. I have to agree. I can't tell you how many people I've spoken with that have spent four years in college and gotten into the you know into debt to the tune of a hundred thousand dollars that I asked them after the fact and I said well wouldn't you wouldn't you have done better for yourself if you just worked those four years and bought a house I mean if you're going to get into debt at least you should put a roof over your head well you know they're, 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 I'm not sure that's the case right now because you know we're we're heading towards a um, uh, towards a correction in the real estate market. And perhaps now, you know, if you bought a house right now, I'm not sure that's a good investment. Yeah, I'm not 100% years, sure that, that today is the best day to buy real I wasn't, estate. I wasn't saying it was an investment. I was just saying it just makes more sense real. than, than uh, a college loan. That's all. Just yeah, It but, makes but more sense to have somewhere to stay. Touch, yeah. Right. Something you can touch is better than something that is in some, you know, somebody else's hands to invest for you because they have their own motives. Absolutely, Brian. Thanks for the expertise. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. And Brian ought to know. He's rich. He's doing very well for himself. <laughs> he has his own gate. He doesn't have to live in a gated community. He has his own. Uh, so uh, let's continue here with the phone calls. We'll continue more of this uh, saving stuff here uh, maybe tomorrow night. we get a chance uh, whenever. Anyway, let's go to talk to Mostly Free in Massachusetts. Mostly Free, you're on Free Talk hey. Live. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's on your mind? Hey, um, yeah, I agree with Brian there. I'm trying to save like uh, 20 to 30% of everything I make and uh, convert it into some type of precious metal. Well, know, not everything should be converted into precious metals, but it's not a bad idea to have some of that going on, sure. Well, I'm saying like, uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of split it up and do different portfolios with it, I guess. But um, that's not really what I'm calling about. I'm calling about um, um, a licensing issue and um, a way the free market, uh, well, the not-so-free market tends to uh, fill a void sometimes anyway. Okay. Um. I don't have a license, and I like to be insured when I drive and covered, um, but it's pretty impossible, uh, especially living in Massachusetts, um, in this day and age, to uh, get coverage from an insurance company, especially if you don't have a license. So I did a little researching, and it turns out there's a company in California, or a few of them, that will actually provide insurance for people who don't have licenses. Wow, that's hmm. amazing. 
I was uh, pretty amazed myself, and I was reading the article. Actually, how I found it was I found an article, and the woman stated plain and clear in the article that, unfortunately, it's legal to insure unlicensed drivers. And my first thought immediately Sweet. was, <laughs> yeah, she said it was uh, unfortunate that yeah. it's illegal. Yeah, God knows uh, we it, wouldn't want the unlicensed legal, drivers actually to be insured. Yeah, 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 yeah. So who would you rather get hit by, a guy without a license who doesn't have insurance or somebody with insurance? The yeah. latter. Yeah. Well, so what's the name go. of the company? I mean, give, <laughs> yeah. a, give them a plug. What's this company? Um, it's actually, it's, uh, I think it's uh, United Insurance. I don't have the, I think that's what it is. And there's, um, you can actually Google, uh, you know, insurance uh, without, with the unlicensed. Will you email it to me at mark at freetalklive.com when you're. Uh, when I will, Mark. Thanks. I'll send it to you. And um, I just thought that was great. And I found a way to register my vehicle and everything. And if you want to know all about it, I'll send it to you. Thanks. Sounds good. And post it over at the uh, the BBS as well. I'm sure some of our listeners yeah. would really appreciate that information. Any other thoughts, mostly free? Um, yeah, um, driving. I just thought, um, I know you guys uh, were arguing about uh, the right to drive and right to travel and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to uh, give you a short uh, citation from um, uh, a, a case, and it was called Thompson versus Smith. And it reads, the right of the citizen to travel upon the public highways to transport his property therein, either by carriage or automobile, is not merely a privilege which a city may prohibit or permit at will, but a common law right which he has under the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Well, the trick and is getting the cops to uh, to care about that stuff. You know? Absolutely. There's a few more, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you guys go and get to some other callers. Awesome, tonight. dude. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259. Yes, sir. 800-259-9231. By the way, um, he mentioned that he's got these different investments that he does, and I can tell you, from being a young person, hearing about all these different investing options out there, that has to be bewildering that has to be intimidating you just have to you look at that and you hear oh my gosh how do i know what to invest in i have to highly recommend harry brown's book fail safe investing it's like a hundred pages long it's very small it's easy to get through harry brown if you've any if you've read anything he's written you know how easy he is to read it's easy to understand yeah uh this is not a financial expert book this is a basic just easy to absorb book that really explains the basics and the fundamentals of where you need to invest in order to have that balanced portfolio. I think I that's a good thing to read. But if you wanted to take one thing away from the conversation today, save every fifteen bucks yeah. you uh you know you get go out and buy a silver coin on eBay or something. Well, not every fifteen bucks you well, get, but when, when percentage you get, of the money you're saving should go to that. Yeah, get, get some kind of saving. Now, I'm not saying that that's the that's the end all be all of uh, saving. It certainly isn't. But it's simple. Good first step. Um, well, and again, that uh, that book by Harry Brown is Fail Safe Investing, and I believe you can buy it at his uh, website, Harry Brown with an E, HarryBrown.org. Let's continue and talk to Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, it's good to talk to you again, and thank you for always taking my calls. Thanks, dude. You, know, you guys are the best. I agree <laughs> with a lot of what you say, and um, I I gotta commend you in for. Um, controlling your temper last night against that guy that thinks he can build a wall <laughs> in the south and solve everything and yeah that's I, right I heard- government can, government can solve the immigration problem just by building a moat and putting some alligators in it sure they can go ahead with your point. I, I had more of a financial question tonight with you guys sure. is, um i wanted to know if you guys could get a p.o box number because i really don't do computers and stuff, and maybe send me a newsletter 
or something like that. Yeah, that you know, we, we don't have a newsletter yet, but that's certainly something that some uh, shows have done. I know Glenn Beck, he's got his own newsletter, and that's fairly popular. O'Reilly's got one. Um, so Rush I don't know. Has got one. You know, maybe that's something we could do. Yeah. Like that, it's not it's not a bad idea. It may be something that could be done uh in the future, though uh, I don't recommend PO boxes. I just have to say as an aside, I highly recommend private mailboxes. Uh they're much better. You get it from a you know, like a UPS store or a pack mail or something like that where you pay you still pay for months. I'm afraid to let people know who I am or who I live. Or where I live, so I live at 128. No, no, no need for that. We don't need you giving out your address over uh, the public airways. Look, we don't have anything to send you, so I, I'm sorry to say I wanna, that. But... I want to support you guys, but I can't do it through the computer. And all you guys do is www.blah-blah-blah. I think eventually what we'll do is we'll probably set up some sort of a phone line where people can call in and sign up with a credit card or something like that. That might be an option for the future. We don't have that uh, in place right now, but thank you for the offer. And uh, if you can get online, our address is there if you do want to send us something. Get away from the computer and... Or the credit card and just let me send you money orders. You can send us money orders. You absolutely can. In fact, hold on and I'll have the uh, I'll have the board operator give you that address. Okay. More on the way tomorrow night. Join us for the live Saturday show. We'll see you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 